Before we're preaching through the book of 1 Timothy, now I'm going to jump over chapter 3, verse 16, and not preach on it today. I may preach on it next Sunday, I don't know, but I feel that the Holy Spirit of God has led me to take off in chapter 4 just to come back to that verse. Now, chapter 3 and verse 16 is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Doctrinally speaking, it is a verse that Paul, uh, the Holy Ghost through Paul puts in there uh, instructing preachers to never let go of the fundamental doctrines of the faith. And one of those is that God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ. Amen. But we're not preaching on that this morning. I'm going to get in gear because we've got a lot of verses up on the wall. They're going to put 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Everybody's got your King James Bible open and on your lap. Aren't you glad you got a whole Bible on your lap and the Spirit of God in your heart? Home in heaven, amen. amen. Truth in the midst of a lie and joy in the midst of sorrow. I want you to pray for Brother Danny. We're going to get him healed up and fixed up and he's going to give the devil a headache for the next 15 years, amen. amen. I tell you, you're just getting started good, Danny. You know, Moses was 40 years, and in 40 years, he just got going good. And let's get Danny through this thing. And I tell you what, let's look for great things. And Brother Tobias is going to preach Wednesday night, his first message. You want to be here praying. And uh, boy, I tell you, God's a moving. God's a moving. Don't miss it. Amen. Look up there. Hear that wind in the mulberry trees. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just excited. Boy, I tell you, that singing, it fires my soul. I, I ain't lying to you. It's all I could do to stay in my seat. And I can't, if I jump up, it'll take away from the music. And Lord, everybody think I'm just putting on, I'm telling you what, my something in my bones and my spirit just going to crank up, amen. amen. I'll tell you, I don't get excited about three-pointers. I get excited about heaven, amen, and my amen. Savior today. And I tell you, he saved me. I ain't going to hell because Jesus died for me on the cross. Well, but I'm still in this nasty, filthy, fallen, cursed, sin-sick world, and I've got to deal with it while I'm here. And God, that's why he wrote in the Bible. And look at chapter four, verse number one. By the way, uh, just for you folks online, we're glad you're with us. We got preachers now available. If you need preaching, we got preachers. Amen. I'm telling you, Brother Lutz, Brother Josh, Brother Michael Kine, Brother Jim Landis, now Tobias. They ain't no telling who else God's going to call to preach. We, I tell you, we're coming. Get ready for us. We're going to go all over the United States with young preachers. Amen. Well, I'm telling you something. We, uh, anyway, I'm excited. Amen. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's good to come to church. Amen. I, I'm, physically, I feel like rot. Spiritually, I feel wonderful. Amen. Amen. Well, the Bible said, now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit of God, speaketh expressly. Woo-hoo! When God says the Spirit speaketh expressly, you better turn that dial and get tuned in real good. Amen. How many had one of them old radios and, and you did like this? I still like them. Amen. I don't like the buttons and you don't know who what's there. But boy, I could dial that thing and they clatter, clatter, clatter. But if you tuned it just right, you could get right in there. Well, some of you this morning, I want you to get your radio dialed. Turn your radio on. Amen. And get dialed in. It's the next place the that in the latter times. Now, the latter times can have various applications. In a big sense, the latter times is any time after the cross. Yeah. Biblically speaking. Yeah. They look, God, in a sense, after the cross is the latter times. But in another sense, the latter times is as we approach the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, uh, the, of course, the, the tribulation period, the taking out of the church and then the tribulation period, the millennial reign and so forth, the coming of Christ. But he said in the latter times, and if we're not living in the latter times, I don't know when anybody would be living in the latter times. 
Everything's coming down the pike and there's things that our grandfathers, they thought Jesus was coming soon in 1940. What would they think in 19, 2022? 1920, what would they think in 1922? Anyway, in the latter times, he said something's going to happen. He said a lot of times they said, some shall depart from the faith. Now, what does it mean for somebody or for a people to, or a person to depart from the faith? It means exactly what it says. They departed from the faith. But to dig a little bit deeper in that, you got to get this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. To depart from the faith is to depart from the word of God. Now, there's various ways to depart from the Word of God. One of them is write a new Bible. And that's what's happened in America. You want to know how America's weak spiritually in churches are? Because they departed from the faith. The faith. They departed from the old authorized King James Bible that God used to found this country and to evangelize the world. And they departed from the faith. Now, another way to depart from the faith is to have a King James Bible, but you don't read it and you don't pay attention to it and you don't obey it. So there's the there's the theological departing from the faith in that they've left the Bible. But then there's the practical departure from the faith where even if you got one, you don't use it and heed it and read it and and live by it. Now, (laughs) so. I'm just saying this, that you need to get that down. Some will depart from faith, and we're seeing that. I talked this morning about Sunday school class, that in America we have departed from the faith. 1945, 1953, right in there, all the schools were consolidated out from the private church schools, and they went in and consolidated, left God out of those, and America departed from the faith. Now, I want to move on beyond this to... uh, something that the Bible says will happen when a person and a family, a church, a nation, a denomination departs from the faith. Look what it said will happen to you. They'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, I want to preach this morning on the subject of spirits and devils. It is a reality. It's not, I don't want you to look at it as some spooky, spooky deal. It's just a spiritual reality. Spiritual warfare is a reality. I'd like for you to put up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 12. The Bible said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Why? And what about these seducing spirits? Here God gives an insight to it. For we wrestle not. Your marriage is not wrestling against flesh and blood. The trouble at your house, the trouble in your life is not flesh and blood trouble. It's really not. God says it's not. The trouble with America is not, so it's like a preacher said here not too long ago. He said, the Bible said, we're not wrestling against Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and stuff like that. And the, and the, and the liberals, we're wrestling against spiritual warfare and the church needs to recognize that. <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now you're talking about spiritual warfare. You're talking about beings that live in the air that you can't see. Now, principality is a prince that's over a palate, municipality. They are given authority over jurisdictional areas of life. Towns have principalities. Counties have principalities. Cities are taken over by principalities. 
principalities, against powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Watch this spiritual wickedness in high places. That you want to know why Washington, D.C. is just a nest of vipers anymore? Because it's been taken over by wicked spirits and spiritual wickedness in high places. And by the way, high places is a big subject in the Old Testament. And Satan always wanted to control the high places. Denominational headquarters is a high place. Schools in a, in a community are a high place. Churches should be a high place. And if Satan can take over with darkness and uh, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in the church, he's taking over a high place. One of the ways he does that is to take the Bible out. You say, Reggie, what's the big issue about the Bible? You're beating that drum about the Bible. Let me just tell you something. When you take the Bible out, you've taken away the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You're left in darkness and chaos. You have nothing to fight against Satan. You have no absolutes. You have no sure Word of God. And you're in trouble, amen. Amen. Now, he said there, there that uh, in, in verse number 10, he said, wherefore, taking the whole armor of God, why? That she may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then he goes ahead about the armor that we're to put on. What's this all about? It's about spiritual warfare. There's not a family in this church, not a family list to me, not a home, not an individual. If Satan could blow you out of the water, he'd blow you out of the water this afternoon. I mean that with all my heart. He'll rip you to sleds, take your guts out, string your intestines from here to Mansfield and laugh at you while you're laying in the ditch and bleeding to death. Your family dying and you're going to hell. I'm telling you, spiritual warfare is real. Some of you sitting in here today, you think you got a wonderful marriage. I'm going to tell you right now, Satan has his way. He'll bust you up. There's not a marriage in this church that's safe apart from the power of Almighty God working in, in your life. And I'm telling you, you are in spiritual warfare. There are children sitting in this church house today and you're just getting ready to go into adolescence. You're getting ready to start becoming mature. I'm going to tell you something. The devil hates your guts. He hates your guts. He's going to mess you up. He's going to destroy your life. He's going to scar you up and try to ruin your life and put stuff on you that you'll have to live the rest of your life in. Everybody in this church, and by the way, the preacher, did you know that I'm under constant, constant, non-ending attack from the devil? If the devil had his way with me, I'd leave. I'd leave my wife, leave my family, leave everybody, go do something somewhere. I mean, literally, I just fight nonstop. It is real, amen. amen. Now, what does it mean to seduce? To seduce, we go back to this 1 Timothy 4.1, to lead and to lure away to danger and death. I've been seeing turkeys. And uh, I believe Brother Jason Davis one time got up preaching a message and he was all in camouflage. <laughs> and he had his big old shotgun up there. Now, what was he doing? He was talking about how the devil will lure you to death. Now, why on earth? I believe uh, uh, Linda Lakey put a post up this week, a picture of Grant, big old gobbler, had a beard hanging down that. I could tell Linda was, or Justin, one or the other, they just were foaming at the mouth to put him on the wall. Now, I want to ask you a question. Why would an old gobbler Tom Turkey with a beard that long ever come up to you with a shotgun? Why would he do that? You seduced him. You made him think there was a hen up there. You made him think that hen was looking for a hen. You made him think that that hen thinks he's pretty boy. 
and an old gobbler comes and strutting up through there. I was talking with a guy one time, and he made, he, he's so into that, he had a deal where he could make it sound like they were coming down the tree, flying off the trees and hitting. I thought, what are you doing? He said, it works. About 60 seconds later, I killed turkey. Because you know what? That old gobbler, he don't want another gobbler to beat him to the hen. And he's, watch this, he's playing on his natural God-given desires. That's how you seduce somebody. You put out to them. How are you going to get an old 10-point buck to come walking out in front of you with a 30-06? You're going to have to seduce him. That's why you guys buy that dough stuff. And why you sprinkle it everywhere and put it in follow along. Ain't that right? You're, sed- you're seducing him. Yeah, it works. Old big boy looks around. Hmm. I was deer hunting this year, it's honest truth. And I, 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 I went and got me some of that doler, you know. And I got up my tree stand, Brother Lutz, and I sprinkled it everywhere. Boy, about every five minutes, I'd spray that stuff out in the bushes. And I'm sitting there, you know, and all of a sudden, I mean, I hear this crash and noise coming off the hill across that little old bottom field. And out into the middle of the field comes this eight point. I mean, he's nice. I'm here, sister. Where you at? (laughs) And you know what I did? I was like, glory to God, it worked. Boom. He just took off and I missed him. I guess I missed him. I thought, sure, I hate him. I don't know, but he's still out there somewhere chasing, chasing sweetie pie somewhere. How did I get him to come bouncing off the hillside and putting his big rack up like that? How did I do it? I seduced him. And that's how the devil's going to get you and your family. Well, you say, how's he going to seduce me? He's going to use your natural desire. He'll use men. He'll use on you the natural God-given desire to provide a living for your family. God put that in you. But he'll take that desire and start reaching beyond that to, I'm going to do better than everybody else does. We're going to have more than anybody else does. I'm going to show them I'm more and more of a man. I'm going to have more money and more of this and more of that and more of that. And the devil said, whoa, come on, ping, 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 ping. And he's putting that corn out there. And you're putting that corn out there. And you're just following him. Corn, corn, corn. Money, 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 money. And all of a sudden, you're going to find out that the reason he's feeding you that corn is to get you in his slaughter pen. And all of a sudden, they're they're doing that with with wild hogs now. they got these round pens, and they start feeding them corn. They're wild pigs. Why would a wild pig ever go into a circle pen that he couldn't get out of? Why would he ever go into a place where they're sitting there waiting for to kill him with a pistol? He got seduced. Oh, it's night time. Watch this. It's dark. They won't know I'm going in there. They're all asleep in bed. It's three o'clock in the morning. And he walks through that little door. And bang! Goes down. And he starts running out. I can't get out. He can't. He's trapped. And the next morning, about seven, they come down there and How'd it happen? Seduce. 
And I'm going to tell you something. You better get a hold of this message. Every day of your life, that Satan trying to seduce you. Can I tell you something? Satan seduces me immorally. You say, you're a preacher? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sit there and act like you're wholly righteous. I mean, maybe you are. I hope you are. He tries to seduce me financially every way in the world. Try to seduce me pridefully. Every, every, you just name it, he'll try it. He'll bait me. He's trying to seduce me. All right? Now, it's to play upon your natural desires for food, companionship. You see, God knows you want to mate. He created you that way. You know, I understand we're in a fallen world. Not everybody's going to get married. Not everybody's going to have a mate. I understand that. But by and large, that's just a basic desire God gave you. But in fulfilling that natural desire that God gave you, he'll seduce you to do, go about it in a way that's different than what God wants you to do. Well, now we're going to look at something. We're going to go through. And here we go. Guys, put on Matthew 12, 43, if you will. So the first thing is seducing spirits. Understand spiritual warfare that Satan is going to try to seduce you to sin in various ways. It might be morally. It might be financially. It might be uh, just pride or, or whatever it might be. There's a lot of ways. Satan, but here, So you have seducing spirits. Now, the Bible talks a lot about this spirit right here. When unclean spirit has gone out of the man, whoa, something happened there. Where are we at, guys? Here it is, number 43. When unclean spirit, now there's probably, let me look and see here, because we're not going to go through much. one, two, three, four, five, six. There's probably somewhere around 12 to 15, maybe 20 references to unclean spirits in the New Testament. Jesus Christ dealt with unclean spirits all the time. <clears throat> in the Sunday school class, we're talking about being carnally minded, spiritually minded. In actuality, what we're talking about is spirits of the flesh and world and the devil and spirit, the spirit of God being in confrontation with each other constantly, Amen. fighting each other. Okay? The old man, the new man. All right. But those things work through spiritual powers. OK, what is an unclean spirit? Well, Jesus dealt with them constantly. But by and large, if you go back to the Old Testament and talk about things that are unclean, God, this has to do with immorality a lot. Okay? It manifests itself sometimes in various other ways. But let me just tell you something. An unclean spirit means something that's not clean. After David had sinned with Bathsheba, his prayer said this, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Why did David pray that prayer? Because it's hard to become unclean. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I was going to go through all those verses. We're not going to do it. Don't have time to do it. But Jesus dealt with unclean spirits almost nonstop. An unclean spirit will try to lure you to watch pornography. To watch some kind of immorality. I want this church to learn this right now. The second that you are tempted to look at something to that is a, that's of immoral nature. You are being seduced by an unclean spirit. It is not just, well, that's something I want to do. You're messing. You have an unclean spirit present at your life right then. You are dealing with spiritual warfare that we talked about earlier. So let's get this this morning. When you have adulterous thoughts, you are dealing with a, immediately an unclean spirit will come in. And just try to pump that and feed that immoral thought. Unclean spirit. America right now 
It's chunk full of unclean spirits. Let me just tell you how, how wild this is getting. This past week, a woman, a mother in Kansas City, Missouri, right up here in Missouri, decapitated her own son and, and her dog and said that a spirit told her to do it. And I don't think she's lying about it. Can you imagine a spirit that's working? When I was a boy growing up, you never even heard of nothing even close to even remotely to that. Why? Because we didn't have the spirits in our country that we have now. I am telling you something. Everything that is sold in this country is sold through immorality, nakedness, seducing spirits, trying to seduce you into, they can't sell you shaving cream without uh, some woman rubbing her hand on your face and telling you what a smooth shave you have. They'll sell your beer. And when I was a boy growing up, beer advertisement, every time that old boy would be sitting on the bar and he'd be drinking, you know, whatever it was. And some beautiful woman would walk up, put her arm around him and, you know, boy, just start making on him as if if you drink our beer, this is what's going to happen to you. You'll, you'll, your, your immoral thoughts will be fulfilled. And you're dealing with unclean spirits. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of you parents, I love you. You'll mess around and let your kids watch a bunch of these stupid games. And you're letting them watch these little rinky-dink children's quote show. Listen, we're not in the Captain Kangaroo era. That's right. And all of these little kids' programs have sodomites in them. And perversion. They are full of unclean spirits. Now, an unclean spirit is not going to present himself as unclean. He's going to present himself as clean. Isn't that, that's clean entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If you have the spirit of God in you, the spirit of God will counter that and say, hey, that ain't right. You may not even be able to know, articulate verbally what's wrong going on, but in your heart and your spirit, you know, something's not right here. We need to get rid of this. I beg of you parents in Jesus name this morning, keep your children away from any TV program. And I don't know how you can have a TV in your house without allowing unclean spirits among many other seducing spirits in your home. Okay. I'm going to get serious with you today. You're not living in 1953. You're not living in 1960. The airways prince of the power of the air, yeah. Satan. There's a reason that Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, internet, all is owned by ungodly, God-hating people. Right. Satan is behind it all. He's the, and I'm not off on some conspiracy theory big deal this morning. It's just a fact. Why is it that, why is it they hate everything godly? Why is it they shut all that down? Why is it that, I mean, if they're so morally right people, why do they let pornography just flood the internet? Yeah. Amen. I mean, witches and dra- dragons and wizards can do anything they want to on the internet. And they never say a stinking word. Yeah. But let somebody get on there and preach the truth about the Bible. Oh, well, this, this, this violates our community standards. Yeah, yeah it violates your community standards because you're an unclean, ungodly, wicked community. Amen. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not, I'm going to plow into it. I'm, pray for me because I'm going to try to join uh, this new truth social. I'm going to try to get on every medium I can. I'm not curling myself up back in the corner and, and, and just waiting for Jesus to come. He said, go. He said, preach. We've got the power of God with us. I'm going to tell you, we don't need to be afraid of nobody. We've got to keep going. Go to uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And one of the multitude said, Master, I brought unto thee my son which hath a dumb spirit. Now watch this. Everybody pay attention. 
And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with the teeth and pineth away. What's pineth away mean? I'm depressed. I didn't get to have, I didn't get to have ice cream for supper. It's spoiled. I want to tell you something right now. A lot of what people call spoiled, rotten kids, they got demonic problems. Now, some of you ain't going to like this. A lot of this fancy scholarly names they have for the conduct of kids is nothing but a redefinition of demon possession. I'm going to tell you something. You can take this, dump it. You can drop this right now, get mad, leave. I really, I mean, I'm sorry. Y'all going to change how I preach. You putting your kid on all these mind-altering drugs when they're little? You better watch that. I wouldn't do that. A, a doctor in Springfield tried to put me on antidepressants. I got out in my car. He said, your problem is you're depressed. Well, I may have been. Elijah got depressed. I'll tell you what, try preaching for a long time. Go, you know, it, people get depressed. You, you, you can get dele- depleted of energy and you can, de- de- you can get weak. But I got in my truck. I never will forget it. And that's laying over a seat, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I've got a bottle of water. I'll take some. And like the Holy Ghost said, do not touch that. Amen. Don't touch that. Throw that away right now. And I did. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. God helped me. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. You don't need that mind-altering junk. Amen? Amen. And I'm just going to tell you something right now. We've got this foaming at the mouth. These people that are crazy and doing all this hideous stuff like that. This country is full of devils. Amen. Well, let's go. By the way, in this passage of scripture, you're going down through there. He talks about a foul spirit. And that goes into Revelation. Let's go to uh, uh, chapter four, uh, Luke 13, 11. Luke 13, 11. We're going to be looking at a spirit of infirmity. So we have the spirit of a seducing spirit, unclean spirit, dumb spirit, foul spirit, and a spirit of infirmity. Watch this, the woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Now, I'm just going to tell you flat out, do I believe all sicknesses is infirmity caused by the devil? No, I do not. But I'm going to tell you there's some of it is. And if you don't believe that, you just don't believe what the Bible says here. Had a spirit of infirmity. And Satan can, I believe, here's what I believe. I believe Satan would just mess you up and kill you if he could. But there's a spirit of infirmity out there. By the way, that's why we need to pray for each other in church. We need to, pray, we need to use good sense about eating and, and, you know, and, and working and so forth and, and healthy minds and healthy bodies if we can. Just because somebody's sick don't mean they've got a spirit on them. Don't, don't take that now. I'm just saying it's in the Bible, okay? And because of that, we need to be aware of that. Let's go on to the next one right here. Now, this is a big one. 2 Chronicles 18, verse 22, 20 through 23. This is wild right here. There, there came a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. Talking about seducing spirits. And the Lord said, wherewith? And he said, I'll go out and be a lying spirit. How many of you have been around somebody with a lying spirit? They can't hardly talk to without lying. They can't describe nothing to without lying, exaggerating. And they'll just lie and they'll lie and they'll lie. And I'm going to tell you something. It can be in a Christian home. And I'm going to tell you something. Parents, you have a child, all they do is lie to you. There is, I mean, I've, I've been around it. I've probably been around this more than any other type of spirit we'll talk about this morning. Because you'll see a, a, a young person or somebody who gets away from God. Uh, I mean, it can be man, woman, don't make, a grandpa, grandma, don't make any difference. And they get out of sorts with God. 
And the lying spirit begins, and they, and, and they get to where the truth doesn't matter nothing to them, and they just, they just start lying. Yeah. I've had people tell me, I was lying and believing my own lies. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say something right now as we get further. In the book of Galatians, chapter 5, one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft. And that's exactly how it should have been translated, by the way. And witchcraft has to do with demonic spirits influencing you through drugs, liquor, or some other means or method or modium, okay? Medium. It's devils that will come into your life. When you get drunk, what the old timers used to call liquor spirits. It's so funny. I put the announcement about this message on Facebook. I mean, them, all them, them drinkers, they came right on, boy. Oh, oh, Jesus made wine. That's the only verse they know in the Bible. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Don't talk to me about liquor. Liquor's had more women's, got, they've been more people killed on the highway with liquor than any other thing. You know what? Cigarette smoking, that's one thing. I ain't never heard nobody killing somebody because he's smoking a cigarette driving down the road. I don't tell you that drunken driving's killed many a mom, left many a kid without a father, left many a kid without a mother. And I'm going to tell you, drinking's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, amen. And kids stay away from liquor. Now, here's the big thing about liquor. You get liquor in you, and what'll happen is a spirit will come in, and while he's got your inhibitions torn down, the spirit of God, the, that, an unclean spirit will then come in and have you doing unclean things because your inhibitions were broken down by that liquor. It is a means by, I'm going to tell you something, I hate marijuana, I hate marijuana, I hate marijuana. Amen. Don't you give me your medical marijuana junk. Amen. Marijuana is a gateway to demons. I've seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it and they'll become the biggest liars you ever walked around in your life when they're smoking marijuana. Yeah, yeah some of your TVs when phones went off right there, a bunch of burned out hippies. <laughs> Amen. 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 I, I almost got more respect for a, somebody shooting themselves up than I do a marijuana smoker because you're the gateway. <laughs> I'll tell you another thing while I'm preaching this morning. It's funny to me that in Wright County, we can't get rid of the drug problem. Isn't that strange? We can catch everybody but the big wigs who's selling all the drugs. Yeah. Isn't that just strange? Woo, we're having a good time at church this morning. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. Now, you watch this passage of Scripture. You'll learn something here. What was going on was the king had turned against God. God. And they were trying to get counsel from spiritual counsel, see, about what they should do. You know what God said? You don't want my counsel, so you know what I'm going to do to you? Watch this. God said, I'm going to send you a lying spirit. Do you know what the Bible said in 2 Thessalonians? He said, they'll they'll reject the truth, and he said, he'll turn them over to a lie. If you reject God's truth, I'm telling you what, God will let you believe a lie. And God literally, they, these are angels talking around the throne of God, what to do with this guy. And this angel said, I'll go and I'll be a lying spirit. You, God, you want to judge them? I'll go be a lying spirit. Hmm. And the Lord said, thou shalt entice them, prevail, go out. Now, therefore, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets. How many of you know Brother Mike Hogger? I like Mike Harger. He's going through a rough time. Yeah. House caught on fire the other night. Just Mike, Mike, the devils don't like Mike Harger. Uh, but Mike Harger, to me, and Brother Mike, if you listen to this, hang on to your hat. 
But he, to me, he is the epitome of, of, of victory in this area. Because he went to Bible college, believing the Bible. At Bible college, the lying spirits in the college professors taught him to not believe the Bible. He came out of Bible college to pastor a church, not believing the Bible, preaching to people. And one day, it just, you know, the hypocrisy of it all got him. And he pulled the chair back from his desk in his study and got on his face and said, God, if you're real, show me. If your words, if if this book's not true and it's not, show me. And I'm either done or or do something. And he said, a still small voice said, get up and get your King James Bible. Quit reading all those commentaries. Go back to the Bible that you were saved under. Start reading it. Start asking me to illuminate your mind. Buddy, I want to tell you something. He ripped up the devil's garden with it. All right. What was going on? Watch this. There was a lying spirit he was fighting against. This lying spirit is in prophets. It's in teachers. It's in Bible. Let me tell you something. Can I just be honest with you? America's churches are full of lying spirits. Somebody tells you that those those other Bibles are Bibles. They're lying to you. It's just a fact. Whether you want to face that or not, that's a lying spirit got in them. You don't say that kind. You don't get up and say, well, that should have been a better translation. That's an unfortunate translation and all that kind of junk. Without having a lying spirit in you. You're saying that the word of God is a lie. You're the one lying, not God. Well, you got lying spirits. I got to move on. Uh, Let's go down to Acts 16, 16. And guys, just move ahead of me while I'm ranting and raving. You know, I'm like the old priest said he started preaching the first message. He read three verses and hollered and shouted for a while. Read three more verses and hollered and shouted for a while. That's preaching. I am hot. Amen. Anybody else in here hot besides me? (laughs) Boy, I'm telling you what. Anyway. Okay, so now we got a spirit of divination. Oh, the newspaper came. I won't read the horoscope. Spirit of divination. Where are we at, guys? Second Chronicles something. Second Chronicles 18. I'm sorry. Second Chronicles 18. I think it is. No, I'm sorry. Acts 16, 16. Acts 6, 16. But anyway, what Paul was dealing with this outfit and this woman had a spirit of divination in her. Now, what's, what's divination? Anybody know what divination is? It's fortune telling. It's soothsaying. They can, watch this, divine things. They know things that other people don't know. They got, a, they got an inside source with some kind of superior being somewhere that knows all. See, that's how they control people. And so they have spirit of, of divination. We went to pray. Uh, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination medicine, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. I'm going to tell you something right now. Stay away from all that junk. You don't need a horoscope. You don't need to read the signs and all that kind of junk. You don't need to pay somebody that don't know nothing. Spirit of divination. Stay away from all that junk, okay? Then the next one is Acts chapter 19, an evil spirit. We're going to move on. But Acts chapter 19 and Luke chapter 7 and Luke chapter 8, Jesus dealt with uh, evil spirits. Now, evil, that should be self-explanatory. I mean, that's something wicked. That's something wrong. That's something rotten. That's something sinful. Wrong. Evil spirit. There are evil spirits out there. Let me just tell you something. What kind of spirit would cause a girl to kill her baby? Not even born yet. Well, you can just say, well, abortion is just a choice. No, it's not just a choice. I'm telling you, that's unnatural to kill your own child. Now, some of you, oh, my land living. You mean a woman in Kansas City cut her child's head off and kill? Yeah. 
There's also people, women left their babies in dumpsters last week too. Lady went out back, heard a baby crying in a big old dumpster behind a restaurant, dug down in there and found a baby. What kind of spirit does that? Are you kids listening to me? You mom and dad listening to me? We're not dealing with just, oh, different political, cultural concepts. Amen. We're dealing with spirits, evil spirits that cause you to do. I mean, you don't do that kind of thing unless you got evil in you. Now, then there's a, here's a big one. Romans 8.15, put that up if you will. Romans 8.15, the spirit of bondage. Spirit of bondage. For ye have not received what? Spirit of bondage. Oh, my goodness. When it got saved, got free. Amen. Somebody says, you ever heard anybody say, I just can't quit? Bondage. Bondage. Kind of funny thing to me that the uh, immoral world likes to talk about bondage now. You'll, you'll see stuff, read stuff about, uh, and you'll hear about uh, um, our old uh, teacher here in one of the local schools a few years ago uh, seduced a girl. And, and anyway, they caught him down here in Arkansas. She went down there, and he went down there. He's, he's stalking her. And in his vehicle, he had all kinds of instruments of bondage. I mean, he's tying people up. Do you know how John, uh, what's the name that killed all those boys, that queer, that sodomite? I'm talking about queer sodomites online. You guys don't like that stuff? He would tell guys that he was a magician, and he would show them how to get out of a set of uh, cuffs. So he'd talk to you and let him put handcuffs on you, and you just had. He'd murder you after he got done with you. I'm talking about evil, wicked, but the spirit of bondage. Now, you listen to me. Somebody says, I just can't quit watching pornography because the spirit of bondage is on you. I just can't quit this spirit of bondage. You say, Reggie, what more am I going to do? You're going to have to cry out to God. And the Holy Spirit of God is the only one who can loose you from that and the word of God. And you have to get away from it. Abhor that which is of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You're going, to have to, you're going to do what Brother Dean said this morning. You're going to have to hate it. Hate it. Hate it. It is destroying your life. Amen. And what's what the Bible said? He came to set the captives free. Amen. You can be in bondage to hate. You can be in bondage to greed. You can be in bondage to all kinds of things. I was in bondage to good money chewing tobacco. I was in bondage to drinking. Just the truth. You wake up and say, after a hangover and drunk and vomit and it's crazy, stupid, say, boy, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Next week, you're right back doing the same. Why? Bond, spirit of bondage in you. And I'm going to tell you the only thing that set me free was, watch this, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their life. I'm going to tell you, when you're going to get free is when you come to the throne of grace, fall upon your face before Almighty God and say, God, the game is up. I ain't playing this game no longer. God, I'm in bondage to sin. I'm in bondage to Satan. I'm in bondage to this world. God, would you loose me in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen. And you can say what you want to, and you may not like that. And you might like real nice, disciplined little church service and everything just goes right in order. But I'm going to tell you something. We are fighting in this church demonic powers. Satan hates this church. He'll come in and try to sow discord and in and strife and division and all that kind of garbage constantly. We're in a spiritual warfare. But it don't, I mean, it doesn't spook me. It's just something we've got to deal with. It is a reality. Well, the spirit of bondage. <clears throat> I'm just going to say something. You get to mess around with this perversion of uh, sodomy, you ain't never heard such bondage. Heavy 
intense bondage. Then there's one that I think we ought to get a hold of. Romans eleven eight. According as written, God had given them, watch this, the spirit of slumber. Who did he give that to? He gave it to Israel because they rejected Jesus Christ. Now watch it. You may be in church here today, maybe listed online, you have common interest in the things of God, but you don't respond to it. You hear something and you don't like that, so you're going to reject it. Now listen to me. There may be an area of your life that Satan has a stronghold in. He has a stronghold because you like it. Just like Dean said this morning, you like it. You secretly like it. It's a sin that has got you and you, you've convinced yourself that it's okay. Okay? And God deals with you time after time and the Holy Spirit prompts and the Holy Spirit tries to deal and you just... Let me tell you what happened to you. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it. He'll give you the spirit of slumber. Jesus Christ and John the Baptist will come through them double doors. You'd shrug your shoulders and act like no big deal. You hear the greatest, wonderful truths in the world. You hear the truths of the gospel and the Bible. And you're just kind of, why? Because God said, if you're going to reject what I'm telling you I want you to do, you will not obey me. I will give you a spirit of slumber. And you'll just sleep your way into destruction. If you're a Christian, you say, would God do that? Yeah. He'll send that spirit of slumber and... No, it, you didn't lose your salvation, but you lost all the potential and you will suffer consequences, chastisement and destruction in your generations because you got to where, watch this, I mean the bells could ring and it ain't going to wake you up. See, we need to be, whether you, this is really a simple concept, God often has to wake us up. We're just kind of drifting and we're drifting and we're drifting. We don't really realize that and we've rejected the word of God and rejected the word of God. And all of a sudden, we're just drifting away and we don't even realize where in the world we're at. The spirit of slumber. If you have the spirit of slumber this morning? I'm going to give you something today you ever need. It is very easy to get the spirit of slumber when you know the preacher very well. And after you've listened to him for many years. He's just preaching. That's his job. The message means nothing to me. I'm not doing nothing with it. You, you, you get a spirit. Somehow or another, you don't see above the preacher. You don't see God in the situation. And God says, if that's going to become your attitude, I'll just give you a spirit of slumber and you will be not alert to danger that comes in your home, your family, your marriage. You'll not be alert to danger and destruction and so forth that Satan's trying to do. And you just sleep and all of a sudden you wake up someday and you realize how far down the river you've went. First Corinthians 2.12 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. If this be any help to anybody... And I'm trying to rush. This is what I had when I got saved with the spirit of the world. I wanted the world to like me. 
I wanted the world to approve of me. I wanted the world to accept me. And whatever the world said you know, that thou should do, that's what I did. But why? Because I had the spirit of the world upon me. And it's very, very difficult. 2 Corinthians 11.4 talks about another spirit. Another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And this is why you have to be in the Bible. Because if you're not careful, it's not the spirit of God that you're heeding. It's another spirit. And by the way, can I tell you that when people begin to preach another Jesus and another gospel, they will get another spirit. And it's the spirit of destruction. Now, Ephesians 2, verse number 2 is one I want everybody to get. Watch this. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the, watch this, prince of the power of the air. Who is that? That's the devil, Satan. The spirit, everybody get this. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There is a spirit of disobedience. It comes directly from Satan. It, it, it will cause you to just to say, I'm not doing what the Bible says. It will cause you to rationalize disobedience to God. I want to remind you that in the book of 1 Samuel, God told, Samuel told Saul that to obey is better than sacrifice. God would prefer Reg Kelly just to obey him than to get up here and preach. For what is it if I get up here to preach but won't obey God? And God said there's a spirit that causes that. You want to watch that real carefully. You need to ask yourself, have I let a spirit of disobedience creep into my life? Let's go further to first, 2 Timothy 1.7. Watch this, folks. I'm going to tell you something. We've been talking about a carnal mind and the fleshly mind and so forth. For God has not given us, watch this, everybody look at this, a spirit of fear. Amen. There is a spirit of fear out there that will absolutely paralyze your life. It'll make you afraid to pray in public. It'll make you afraid to take a stand in public. It'll make you afraid to stand by the truth. It'll make you afraid of what people will think about you. It'll make you afraid of losing your job. The Bible said the fear of man bringeth a snare. And I want to tell you something. This is just personal to me. But whenever I surrendered to preach, I can remember so vividly that night. One of the things that I knew that would have to happen to me because prior to that, I was full of the spirit of fear of man. Not in the sense that I was scared of people physically, but I was afraid about what they thought about me. Whether I'd be liked and approved and welcomed and hired and so forth, all that. And I had witnessed in my growing up and in my life Preachers preaching with the spirit of fear upon them. And I, 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 I what, you know, I've done, but not too dumb. I could see how it paralyzed the church and how it just opened the gate for all manner of sin and wickedness and deadness and how it grieved the Holy Spirit of God. And I asked God that night, literally, it's honest truth. I said, God, all I ask you to do is take away from me the spirit of fear. God, I cannot preach with the spirit of fear on me. And I'm telling you something tonight or this morning. The spirit of fear will paralyze you in your Christian faith. You're constantly afraid of what people will think or do or rejection or whatever it might be. 
Let's go to the next one. 1 John 4, 1 is the spirit of the Antichrist. That is a spirit that denies Jesus Christ as God. 1 John 4, 6 talks about the spirit of error. You can look at that right there. How, hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's a spirit that will cause error in our, in our beliefs. Revelation 18, 12 talks about a foul spirit. Then I want you to go down to Leviticus 19, 31. And folks, I'm doing my best. Just hang in here. And I'll try to get through this. Danny is preaching, by the way, tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Leviticus 19.31. I want everybody to pay attention. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. What is a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit is a demonic spirit that has gotten into a family lineage. Familiar family. Okay? And when it can possess and oppress a member of the family, when that person dies, that spirit usually moves into a close relative. Now watch this. That familiar spirit has foreknowledge of things. That's the wrong terminology. He has knowledge of the past that you don't have. Doesn't have foreknowledge. That's an error. I shouldn't have said that. He has knowledge that you, this is why witch doctors and soothsayers can say some things and they hit and they go, my land, I didn't know that. And you find out that was right. What is it? It's a spirit, a family spirit. In it. Now, it goes, if you read the Bible, there's several references to this. In fact, this spirit right here is one that got Israel in trouble. If you do all the way through Deuteronomy and, and uh, watch this. Remember Saul? Now, watch, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a sequence here. Saul got in him the spirit of disobedience. Okay? That spirit of disobedience led him to a familiar spirit. Watch, watch this. He wound up going to the witch of Endor who had a familiar spirit. Now, I'm not going to fuss with you about what happened there, okay? There's different. It's very uh, tough passage of Scripture. But I'm going to tell you what I believe about it. And if I discover I'm wrong, I'll get up behind the pulpit, admit it, and correct myself. He went to a witch who had a familiar spirit to try to get her to bring up Samuel from the dead. Now that's going to tell you what familiar spirits will do. They'll try to get a spirit of somebody in the past that you're acquainted with. This junk's going on. And used to, you'd had what's called peepers. Familiar spirit people could make voices come out of the ground. They could bring dead people up, just their spirit, and make and hear their voice. Okay? Now, don't get shook. But that's, I have caution in my spirit about ventriloquists over that. Because ventriloquists throw their voices. I don't, I'm not condemning people that do it for good purpose and all that stuff, but I'm just kind of like, Lord's, for me, the Lord's like, Reggie, I, I, I. stay away from it. Why? Because they would throw that, it's called peepers. And it would, there used to be a guy, Dean, you know who I'm talking about. There used to be a guy in this country that could literally make it sound like somebody's talking out of that hole in the ground over there. he scared people to death with it. What was it? It's a familiar spirit. Saul had, this, uh, Saul had this witch of Endor to conjure up, quote, Samuel. But the problem with that passage of Scripture about it truly being Samuel is that the prophecy she made and he made out of that did not come to pass. That tells me something. 
And here's the deal. These familiar spirits can be very, very deceptive. I'm going to tell you this. How many ever heard? So, how many ever saw on Facebook, Joe Blow went to hell for 72 minutes, come back, hear his story. That's a lie. Amen. He didn't go to hell and come back. That's right. Susie Sweetie went to heaven for 31 minutes and came back. Hear, hear her story. She'll be at so-and-so church next Sunday night. Uh-uh. Amen. She's lying out her teeth. She has a familiar spirit. Something's wrong with that. Glory to God, if I go to heaven, I don't want to come back. Amen. I am coming back someday with Jesus. But I'm just saying this familiar spirit. Now, you say, Reggie, what are you talking about? Familiar spirits need to be dealt with in your family. If you know that there was a spirit or something going on in your family in the past, I would encourage you to ask God to break that and to cast that out of your home, out of your life, get rid of it. Demonic impressions. It, it's just a big subject. If you want to look it up, but literally, Isaiah says that God put them out of the country over familiar spirits. They were so in love with it. They were so active in it. All right, let's go to the next We'll look at devils for just a minute. Leviticus 19.7. I was talking about something here. Um, and they shall no more offer their sacrifice unto devils. Okay, now. Let's talk for just a second. Spirits and devils. What's the difference? I don't think there's much difference. Personally. When you get into Revelation chapter 12, you find out it gives you the story about the dragon, Satan, being cast out of heaven. And with his tail, he drew the third part of the angels out. Okay? We know that Satan fell, okay, before the Garden of Eden. We know that by the account of Garden of Eden. But he is the prince of the power of the air. In that scenario, he is bringing all the, that third part of the angels down to the earth. The Bible said he had north, but he has but a short time. Okay? Now, I, the best I know, now your King James Bible does not use the word demons. Amen. It uses the word devils, and I'm glad that it does. It's right. Amen. Not we're not talking about the devil. There is a devil, but he is in charge of the devils. Now, I, I, unless God shows me differently, believe that devils and these, all these wicked spirits that I've just, we've about 16 or 17 of them, we talk lying spirits, dumb spirits, foul spirits, seducing spirits. I believe they're one and the same. Okay? If I'm wrong, I ask God to help me on that. But there are such a thing as devils. In Exodus, he said they sacrificed unto them. Look at Exodus chapter 7. Well, we won't go there. Just going down to, uh, to Deuteronomy 32, 17. But remember in Exodus, I'm going to show you what will happen when, when, when God starts saving man. Devils will come. How many, how many remember having a battle before you got saved? The night I got saved, surrendered to preach, it was like a thousand devils coming at me, throwing every lie at me you could possibly imagine. I mean, everything, I just, it's almost incomprehensible to, to, for, to me to describe to you how fast these lies were coming to me and why I shouldn't surrender to God. I mean, I was having the fight of my life. Every conceivable reason you could think of why not to, why not to come to the cross and come to Jesus Christ and get honest with myself was coming into my mind. And I can remember so vividly sitting there, third row in the back, sitting on the edge, and finally saying, I don't care what anybody says or likes or don't like. I'm not going to hell over what other people think. And I was out of there. 
And when I did that, and I'm going to tell you, talking about bondage, that bondage was broke right then. I'm going to tell you, the moment I stepped out and moved forward, boy, I'm going to tell you, it's like, it's like the chains fell off. Amen. And freedom came. Amen. And I'm telling you, there's something to it. I was, what was happening? There were devils just lying to me, trying to, to, to keep me from obeying God. And all that, just lying spirits, disobedient spirits, bondage spirits, spirit of bondage, all of it. This is real, folks. Listen, you may have come to church and I want to have a good time, but you're dealing with this and I know you're dealing with it and I deal with it and I want you and I to have victory over it and we can. God has provided for it. Amen. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, 17. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. This is what's going on in our country right now. Go to Psalms 106, 37. Psalms 106, verse number 37. The Bible said they sacrificed their sons and daughters to devils. And that's happening in America right now. They shed innocent blood. You know who abortion, the education system, sacrifice to the devils. I mean, it's so dumb to me that America wonders what went wrong. What went wrong? Well, we give our kids to, for the world to educate. We took God, vacuumed God out of it. What are you going to get? Matthew 4.24. And by the way, and his fame went out through Syria, and they brought unto him sick people that were taken with divers diseases, torments, and those that were possessed with devils. And I'm telling you something, whether we like it or not, we're living in a nation possessed. Can I, can I be honest with you tonight? This morning? I think Joe Biden's possessed with devils. Amen. You don't think like he thinks. Say what he says. Right. Do what he does. Support what he supports. I think he, has a, I think he has a spirit of slumber on him. I think he's mentally and spiritually just asleep. I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just a reality. He is not leading this country in the ways of God. There are literally dozens. Jesus dealt nonstop with devils in his ministry. Nonstop. I mean, we could go through just dozens of scriptures. Won't do it right now. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 20 and 21 and show you something. But Jesus constantly casting out devils. By the way, does anybody know how the Bible says to cast a devil out of somebody? With the word. Exactly right. When I was in the Philippines in 1983, uh, and boy, I'm getting so long, now I can't think of the guys with there, but he was a pastor of a church way back in there, and his dad had fed American prisoners of war and so forth. And we was coming up through there, and they were, him and some of the other guys talking about, they dealt with demon possession or devil possession a lot. Very, very common over there. I mean, I was literally, folks, I'll tell you how, ugh, I won't even go there. Just horrible. And I asked him, I said, because he's talking about services and going to people's houses where they've been called and people foaming at the mouth and and the floor. And this is coming to America, by the way. It's already here. It's just going to get more and more. But I asked him, I said, how do you cast out devils? And he says, what do you think? He said, Reggie, we always take men of the church with us. More the better. And men that are walking with God, men that ain't monkeying around. And he said, we get around the person and we have our Bibles open and we read together in unison the word of God. 
And he said, for some reason, I don't, he said this to me, he said, Reggie, don't ask me why, but he said, if, he said, if you want to get devils mad, start reading 1 John to them. Amen. He said, you start reading 1 John, he said, they'll start growling in them. The voices will start coming up through those people. And he said, then he said, they start, they'll start convulsing. And he said, sometimes we have to hold him down. And he said, everybody's praying. And men are still reading. And he said, that devil will scream sometimes. It'll cry out. And he said, it'll come out of them. And he said, when it comes out of them, they just go limp. He'll be here for the camp meeting. Brother Ronnie Simpson had, uh, told me about a situation he dealt with. And I hate to tell you this, but he, it, was, it was a young man. A uh, family had called him. And they had a boy that self-professed sodomite. And the, he got over to his house and this boy was just crazy, kind of like you read in the Bible. And they read the Bible and they, down there, and Ronnie said, Reggie, I didn't know what to do. But he, but he talks about this boy, just the voices that came out of him and these guttural sounds that would come out of him. He said, Reggie, I tell you, it's awful. And he talks about how that they just prayed and they prayed and he said, and that guy, that boy just kept screaming and hollering and these voices coming out of him and stuff. And he said, then he, all of a sudden, he just, he just went limp in the floor. And he said, he's out. He said, pretty soon, he said, I said, hey, are you okay? And he said, he looked up at me and said, preacher, they're gone. Preacher, they're gone. Jesus cast out 2,000 devils out of one man. Mary Magdalene, watch this, had seven in her. This is real. And what I want this church to know is this. I don't want you going out in your car and going, oh, my goodness, I feel eerie. No, uh, we're in light and in truth. Amen. We have victory over them, okay? Right. I'm, not going, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not one of these spooky-wooky, get-you-all-mystified preachers, kind of all, you don't put on a show. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to mess with them. But I just want you to stay. Okay, I'm going to give you something. We're going to get out of here. because You want to study it? You can study devils. But look at this. You should have... They, he said, the things with the Gentiles, they sacrifice devils not to God. I would that you should not have fellowship with devils. Now, what's that mean to you? What would that mean to you in practical? When you walk out of here today, what are you, what are you, how are you going to put that verse into practice? Come on. Be in the Word. What else? Not listen to your mind. I'll just give you some real easy ones. Listen to the right kind of music. Don't watch the wrong kind of stuff. Don't read the wrong kind of stuff. In the book of Acts, Paul and them got into this business of devils and stuff, and the revival hit, and they brought their, their books and their devil worship and stuff and burned it. Now, I'm going to give you all a suggestion. If your TV is bringing devils into your home, get rid of it. If you have old... Music from your for, former life before you were saved, or you've got music in your home or magazines in your home that are not right, because I'm going to tell you something right now. Even the old famous rock and roll stars would flat out tell you in no uncertain terms that they knew that they were, through music, they were injecting devils into young people's lives. They knew it. Let me just give you this. When they was having them rock concerts, and I know they still do, and you, when, I, when I was a young guy, they'd have rock concert. You know what girls would do? Girls would get up in front of that band. They'd just, they'd just go crazy. 
take off their clothes right there in front of everybody. Throw their underwear up on stage. What would cause anybody to do that? That's an unclean spirit. And so what I'm telling you is, you can can either, I'm going to give you the message and I'm going to home eat roast, amen, potatoes and carrots. But here's what I'm going to do. What's God telling you this morning to do? And are you going to obey him? Some of you young people, I love you. I'm not here to hurt you. It's not for your destruction. But that phone's going to kill you. That phone's going to get you. You're going to watch stuff, and you know your mom and dad wouldn't like what she's watching. Maybe as, maybe as a dad here, you're watching stuff you know you shouldn't be watching. And I'm going to tell you, I want to ask you something. Is it worth it to let devils run your life? I'm getting ready to close this service. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There was a night that Reg Kelly busted out of jail. The Holy Ghost came, he had a big old key, and he went, and he took me out. Remember Peter? He was chained in prison, and the church prayed, and God delivered him. Amen? I like freedom. I like liberty. You're here this morning. This church is not going to think badly of you if you come up here this morning and say, Dear God, I need help, and I want deliverance. I'm going to go further this morning. There can be a spirit getting you that makes you contemptuous of anybody in church. You get a contemptuous spirit. You don't like anybody here. All you can see is the bad in everybody. You know everybody's bad side, and you've got a contemptuous spirit working on you. You need to get rid of that. Come up here and say, God, give me a heart of love for people that maybe I don't like the way they act. Lord, I don't like Reggie. Bless your heart. <laughs> Would you come up here and say, dear God, help me love him, appreciate him, as sorry as he is. Amen. Lord, my brother or my sister over here, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you something. It ain't of God to have that kind of junk floating around in you and becoming part of who you are or me either. And I don't want it. And I'm going to ask you right now this morning, no music, no just I am, no heads bowed, no nothing. You want to get out of your seat and say, dear God in heaven, I want loose from some of this junk. I want loose. I'm the one. I am turning off the TV. I'm getting rid of this. I'm getting rid of this. This a young lady. Not afraid of you people. I bless God Almighty. God will bless her. So you didn't wait on, look around, see if everybody else came. Oh, it's easy after 30 people's come, isn't it? When's the last time you ever said, God, I need you? Would you come? Would you come? You say, oh, everybody think I'm full of devils. I don't care what they think. Your preacher has to fight devils. Do you understand that? I have to fight devils. I've been around some of you people a long time. Some of you kind of irked me once in a while. But you know what? God can give me love for you and appreciation for you. He can get rid of that old contemptuous spirit, that sorry low down junk. Some of you need to go home this afternoon and burn some junk and throw it, and don't sell it. Amen. Burn it and get rid of it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't, I'll, I'll just say this. You don't bust out and come up here. Satan will probably defeat you before you get home. You say, well, you know, I'll think about that. You think about it and you ain't going to have power to do it. Yeah. Some of you got clothes you need to get out of your closet and get rid of. Amen. Yes, sir. Would you come this morning? Would you come? What about that spirit of pride? That spirit of rebellion? I don't want anybody thinking I got problems. Hey, we all got problems. (laughs) We all got problems. Amen. Come on. There's some things in your house this morning. God wants you to get rid of. He's already told you while I was preaching. I I didn't even get close to it. God knows, doesn't he? Would you come? 
I want freedom and liberty in this church. I'm telling you, I want freedom and liberty in Reg Kelly's heart, Reg Kelly's mind. I want, I do not want any of that satanic garbage bondage on me. I want to be free in the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Come on this morning. Bust out of there. Let's have an old time. Let God have it service. Amen. Would you? God bless you there. God bless those tears coming down that young lady's face while she's coming up here. There's going to be freedom here this morning to some folks. Amen. Come on this morning. Let God have his way today. Let God have his way. Don't. Oh, say God. Lord, whatever you tell me. I'm going to surrender. Lord, I'm throwing up the white flag this morning. I'm not fighting you no more. God, I'm going to let you have your way this morning. You want to be free. Let me tell you, let me just tell you something. We love you. You're in a place that loves you today. Ain't nobody going to condemn you, run you down because you get up out of your seat and come to God for help. I'll tell you what, mom and daddies and parents in here ought to be hitting this altar and saying, God, I can't raise my family. God, the devil's after my home. He's after my children. God, save our family. That's what ought to be happening. Amen. But oh, we're too proud. We're too smug. We got it. We got it all under control. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I know what it is to sit back here and fight God leading me. And God said, I remember one time, Brother Danny Douglas was having a revival meeting in Ava, Missouri. Well, I'd just been preaching for a while and I thought, well, I'll go over to that revival meeting. I got over to that revival meeting and Danny got to preaching and the Holy Ghost of God, Brother Luce, got on my heart. I mean, he started convicting me of some stuff. And I remember he gave the invitation and I never will forget this, Danny, the longest day I live. I sat there and said, well, if I go forward, they'll all think I'm not living right or something. And the Holy Ghost said, you sit here like a knot on a log if you want to, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you be what you claim you want to be. Yeah. And Danny, I never will forget. I busted out and went up to that altar and knelt down and I said, God, forgive me for my pride. God, help me. I will never forget that God tests you about your pride. God, you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit's saying, go pray. and You don't even know what about it. He's just seeing if you'll do what he asks you or not. That's right. He just seemed to do what he, I'm going to tell you something. There's something real there. Devils are real folks. Devils are real. They'll rip your home up, rip your life up, rip your family up. They'll tear you to shreds and laugh at you when you're dying in the ditch. Would you come? Let the Holy Spirit have his way today. Oh, dear God in heaven. Lord, I thank you that there's victory over devils. Lord, as Dean said this morning, we resist the devil and he'll flee from us. God, today we plead the blood of the lamb of God. Lord, on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, on the basis of a risen Savior, on the basis of the truth of the Word of God, Lord, we claim power and victory today in Jesus' name over the devils that would try to destroy these lives of these young people, these homes and marriages, Lord, this church and this work. And God, we're here this morning to do business with you. We're not playing around. We're not tinkering around. God, I need help. Lord, I tell you, I need help. It just seemed like, Lord, some days there's just a, some bombardment. It's just like a flight of planes coming, dropping bombs on my soul. But, oh, dear God, I thank you for church. I thank you for a place that I can get help. And God, I pray today that in this church that we'll get rid of all the uncleanness in our lives and our hearts and our minds and the uncleanness in our homes and the uncleanness in our closets. And, God, that there'll be no unclean spirit that oppress our families. And Lord, influence our children. God, forgive us for our efforts to live the Christian life in the power and energy of our own flesh. And God, I pray, Lord, you know I'm as worthless as hell itself. God, I ain't nothing but sin apart from the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But oh, dear Lord, today, if there's anything this Bible teaches, Lord, he that is born of God overcometh the world. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. 
God, I do not believe that any satanic power, that all the devils of hell, Lord, can overcome the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. I believe, God, that we don't have to live under the oppression, Lord, of of, of contemption and pride and anger and all the stupid stuff that, Lord, that the devils try to, spirits try to influence upon us. I don't believe, God, a man has to live in the power of lust. I don't believe, Heavenly Father, I have to live in the power of greed. Dear God, give us victory over these things. And Lord, may we be a people that are pleasing unto thee. And Lord, may we rejoice. And Lord, you said the joy of the Lord is our strength. But God, the oppressment of devils will take away the joy. And sin takes away the joy. And I pray, God, restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. And God, do what David prayed there. Renew a right spirit within us, O God. Lord, creating us a clean heart. Lord, we want to thank you for your mercy. I want to thank you for your goodness, your kindness to us, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray now, I'm going to ask you, Lord, every person that came this morning, Lord, and prayed, God, I'm so glad that you're their high priest, that you know their need, that you can intercede for them and will intercede for them and are interceding for them. And I pray, God, today that you'll give them victory. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that they'll just rejoice and be glad, Lord, in the victory in Jesus. And Lord, where there's repentance and where there's decisions need to be made, Lord, where there's things that need to be done, God, I pray, give them grace to do that, whether it's in their heart or whether it's in their homes. And Lord, we just ask you, do a work among us. Move in amongst us, God. And I pray, God, give us the spirit of truth in this church. Lord, against the spirit of error and the lying spirit. God, give this church the spirit of truth, Lord, because you said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And God, I'm telling you, I don't want to be bound by the stupid devils. And Lord, there's another thing I want to ask you this morning. Lord, sometimes the burdens get heavy and seem like we have a heavy spirit. And Lord, you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I'm asking you, God, to give that to us. Help us, Lord, to cast our burden upon you. Lord, you said to do it, and you said you'd sustain us. So, Lord, help us not to have a heavy spirit, and a depressed spirit, and a down spirit. Lord, help us to know that the inward man is renewed day by day. Lord, now I pray that you'll bless these people as they obey the word of God. We love you, Lord. Thank you today in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for the sweet spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of righteousness. And your good spirit, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.